0: on this episode of the Magic Business Podcast.
1: In my life, the greatest gift I've ever been given, other than my wife and my family, is a little magic show that's taken me around the world. And it's always my hope when I spend time with magicians that someone out there listens to it and is inspired enough to go out and give what I did a try and has the same kind of success that I've had because I truly am the most blessed guy on the planet.
0: Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real-life experiences and some of their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Christian Painter, in partnership with the TheMagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts. Cosmo is based out of Binghamton, New York. He has been a professional magician for 30 years. He has spent most of that time as a magic street performer. He has performed in New Orleans, LA, Chicago, London, Las Vegas, New York City, and a multitude of resort areas. He is considered one of the world's leading authorities on street performing. He has been featured on the cover of Magic Magazine and has performed and lectured at many magic conventions and has a highly reviewed four-hour course on street performing. Welcome to the show, Cosmo. Hey, Christian, what's happening, brother? I am excited to have you on because uh, I think street performing is one of those things that people talk about, but they don't really know much about. So I think the first question uh, that we really need to do is, especially for the people who probably don't know exactly what it is, what what does that mean? Street performing?
1: Well, for me, it means in, in a busker is a guy who goes out on the streets and does a show or does something. And at the end of it, or at some time during that, uh, whatever they're doing—whether it's magic or juggling or sword swallowing or whatever it is—they put out a bucket or a hat and they collect money from the audience. It's truth. It's it's theater on the street, and it's uh, it's probably the most honest kind of performance there is because you get paid uh, for. From the audience for what they feel you're worth.
0: Now I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that a lot of people think this. You know, look, I've got some magic tricks I can do, so this must be pretty easy. Let me just go set up and do it. Yeah, a lot of people think that,
1: uh, but they're they're wrong. You know, there's a whole uh, whole different set of skills uh, required to be successful in doing this. You know, being uh, understanding. Um, you know how how to stop people, how to build an audience. Uh, how to keep them there, how to collect the money, how to get more money. You know, little things like movement, moving your table to different locations and creating space and controlling the audience, creating the edge of the audience so so that uh, you want the audience to become one living thing, not a whole bunch of individuals. And to do that, you have to bring them in and become, uh, you know, uh, uh, this
0: become one thing so I can't show up with my corporate show I'm going to assume that you have to create a show for street performing
1: yeah it's a different it's a different beast I mean you could take it inside but it's hard to go from inside to outside because uh, things are just easy inside you know I it, it, but all the skills you know I I, I spent a weekend uh, with Bob Sheets uh, he uh, in doing the streets and and Bob is a great magician, great performer. And, uh, but he wasn't a street guy, he was a festival guy. So we're on the streets together. He came out and spent a weekend. And at the end of the weekend, he said to me, he said, Cosmo magicians will never understand the set of skills that you have, that magicians, they just will never understand it. Well, you will understand it. And Bob understood him at the end of the weekend when he spent a weekend out there on the streets, he realized there's more to this than just showing up with a whole bunch of great tricks. And, you know, I mean, you can have a great show and it doesn't mean it's going to work on the street.
0: How do you find these spots that you perform in?
1: The search, you know, uh, performers.net, you know, there's a web page that has all the pitches throughout the world that you can go and work and what the rules are. But, uh, you know, I know that in New Orleans, it's a known thing that you can go to New Orleans. If you're, you know, the Internet is a wonderful thing. Just Google it. But you can go to New Orleans or L.A. or,
0: you know, there's places there and, and all, almost all big cities where you can go and find a place to work. And will I also learn if I have to have a, a permit or you know whatever legal stuff that I have to know? Yeah, uh, I, a lot of that stuff is uh, is on the net. How easy is that now compared to I'm sure when you first started? Yeah, no, I know
1: when I first started there wasn't the, the internet didn't exist. I don't think or it was it was uh you know it was it was for the deep state. I don't...
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you travel most of the time when you're going from one place to the next? Do you fly? Do you drive? What do you do? Well, I don't go from one place to, to the next. I'll, so I'll, I'll drive unless I'm going to like from New York to L.A. But
1: uh, I will go to one place where I know that I'm welcome, I, where I know I can make money. See, this is all about money for me. This, this you know, th- th- I mean, uh, I, th- I, I, when I became a street performer, I, I became happy. But I have had a family, so I knew I had to make money. I left a, uh, a job as an engineer, a broadcast engineer at Cornell University to work on the streets. Kind of silly sounds, but that's what I did, and it
0: worked out. You will go to a place and you'll stay there, so it's not like you just do a day or two there. I mean, like when you go to New Orleans, how long are you there for? You know, up to maybe
1: six weeks. Oh, you know, then I'll fly home and then I'll go back. You know, a, a couple of weeks later. So, you know, um, I'll spend a good part of the season in New Orleans, which is from September to April. Okay. So. You know, I, I I had an apartment in New Orleans that I rented and I kept for five years. Uh, you know that I would I would could, so I always had a place to stay in New Orleans. I just go down and I'd stay in the apartment. I'd, I'm not moving around a lot. Okay. You know, I want to go to someplace where I'm welcome, where I'm not going to be hassled by the police, and you know where 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 you know they they accept street performers and want street performers to be there. And then you know I'll stay there and work there and and you know in generally those
0: places are tourist destinations and find out that if it's friendly for street performers and then, and then that could be a place where you, once you understand the flow of the tourists, you, you start making money. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. It could be wherever, you know, yeah. Wherever the sun is shining.
0: Okay. Right. You know, if the sun is shining all the time, chances are there's tourists there because people want to go where the sun's shining. Well, and what I picked up on was you were renting an apartment so that you had a place to fly in and fly out of. So that says something right there to me. About this is a business. This isn't just, oh, let me go out and hope I make a few bucks. This is full-on thought-out business.
1: Yeah, it's, this is a serious thing. You know, uh, uh, you know, you you, you want to be successful doing this because there's nothing better. I mean, think about it for a minute. You're a magician, and you know, and um, you got a little magic room upstairs. And you go, and you, that's where your wife allows you to be. And you go upstairs in your magic room and you work on your on your stuff, you know, your tricks. And you get the tricks down and then you start writing out your show and you're writing, you know, funny things and things that you're going to say at this particular point. Part. And then you finally book a show because at your show is – is ready You finally go out and you, you perform and, it, and, you, and you bomb and then you and it doesn't work out and then you go, so then you go back home, you go back up to your room and you buy a whole bunch of more magic tricks and you go out and you do the whole thing, the whole process again, and you bomb again. You know, well, the thing, true, proof of the matter, it, it, what happened is, is that you, know, the, the, you were thinking about the magic, it, it, was, it wasn't just happening, you weren't funny, you know, all these things, but here's the thing about the streets. You can fail out in the streets, you know, and g- come back tomorrow and do it again. That's the beauty. The, the, the struggle for magicians is, is where do I find a place to perform? I need a place. To, you have to, to, to be a good magician, you have to practice. You have to have a video camera. You have to, you know, have to be looking in the mirror. You have to, you have to get the magic down. To be a good performer, you have to perform. Where are you going to perform? So you're going to work in a restaurant. So you, so you, you it, how do you get there it's easy it's a, it's an easy thing uh, to, to walk out on a street corner and do a, and and attempt to do a show it's not easy to be successful there but if you can go but but it allows you to go out and work all the time Got so it. when i first started working on the streets i and i was crashing festivals my show was the same show i was doing in the restaurants and i was do, but i would do 30 of them in a day because it was only six minutes long right so so that show uh i i I do 30 of them you know and i make three or four bucks a show or two bucks or whatever the money wasn't very good per show but i was doing 30 of them so at the end of the day i would made a couple hundred bucks that allowed me to go back out and do it again
0: so let's explain the difference between a pitch and a sidewalk show okay
1: well a pitch is a bigger well a pitch can be a sidewalk show but a pitch is Generally, as a as a bigger space that pitches your stage, uh, where you perform, and uh, the the area where your audience is. A sidewalk show is a smaller show where you're going to try to you're going to set your table up on a maybe a wide sidewalk and try to attract ten or twelve people and just more or less do magic for them. I mean, you can try you can be funny and you can do all those things too. But the show is going to be shorter than than an audience uh, than a show that you're going to try to build a bigger audience. So on a sidewalk once you get 10 or 12 people you kind of want to hit them with the best thing that you have your closer and then then hat them that way you can do another show because time is money if you're there's no reason that I see magicians do this all the time I see them do it at Covent Gardens and there's some great street magicians at Covent Gardens but all of them have a high tendency of going longer than they need to once the audience is built and the and the space is full there's really no reason to, to go and, you know, add bits of business and funny things and stuff. You really kind of want to finish it. You know, you do some great magic, finish it past your head. That way, at the end of the day, you might end up doing a couple more shows than,
0: than you would have had time to do if you had gone longer. So even in street performing, less is more. Yeah. What are you, mostly a sidewalk or a pitch or both?
1: oh I, well, I can do both I'm, I'm i'm strong both places uh you know i prefer to do i prefer to do shows uh that are 50 60 70 people or i like doing i love doing shows that are 12 people too but i don't really enjoy doing shows that are 200 people and the reason why i don't enjoy those is because it's not an intimate experience i'm not really getting to know the audience i don't have a the opportunity to go out and to touch them, you know, to high five them, to fist bump them, to, you know, to, to look them in the eye. It, it's more difficult when the audience is bigger. I find for myself personally, because I'm a big guy and I have a gruff voice, that if I have them closer, I don't have to project as much. And, as, and so, so I have a, a, a better chance of, of, of becoming their friends, of, of us forging a relationship. If I if I can create a relationship with these people and by using their names and by fist bumping them and have them close enough where, you know, where we can communicate uh, at a more intimate level. It's much more likely that they're going to give me uh, it's much more likely that they're going to stay through the entire show and even more likely that they'll give me more money than uh, if they were a distance away and we didn't have that that bond. Uh, that friendship that we're developing, that we're getting to know each other. You know, that, that getting to know your audience is a wonderful thing. And that's, a, you know, and that's the thing about magic is, you know, if you're in a restaurant, you really get to have an opportunity. You're at somebody's table. You get a chance to, to communicate with them and, 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 be, and, and get to know them. It's the same thing out, outside. So I prefer a 50, 60, 70 person audience, not real big. Real, it's more controllable. And I don't have to use the sound system and I can just have a conversation with them versus hollering at them, which is uh, what I like.
0: How many shows can you do a day?
1: You know, when I first started doing, I was doing 30 shows a day. I was young and it was a lot of fun and my show is five or six minutes long but what happens is you know this is what I was talking about is is that where do you have a place to work perform if you if you have a place where you can, the streets is wonderful because you can go out and you can perform all the time and because you're performing all the time you're going to find new things to add to your show your show it will naturally grow it'll become longer because you find things that make it better you go slower you know you you, you so Um, initially 30 shows, but now, you know, five or six shows and I'm I'm making more money than if I had done 30 shows because the shows audiences are bigger. And I I now understand how to get more money out of people and, uh, you know, and how to entertain them and make them happier, make them want to give me more money.
0: One of the things I keyed in right there was if you can do 30, how good you're going to get compared to what you were talking about earlier with the guy who just practices in his room and gets that one show every so often.
1: Last night, I was watching Good, Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams and how brilliant the guy was, Robert Williams was in that movie. And it made me think, you know, what a loss it was to lose him. Uh, but he was a street performer and he developed a lot of this, this character that he has on the streets. A lot of greats. Penitello were street performers and Harry Anderson were street performers. The best among us were street performers because they had the opportunity to go out and work. You don't get to go do ten shows a day, six days a week. You know, normally. Performers don't get to do that. I'm not a brilliant guy. You know me. I'm barely I'm barely above dumb. You know, so so, how did I become, how did I learn to perform and how to become a good performer? I learned to become, a, I became a good performer because I had the opportunity to do it a lot. My audience told me everything that I was doing wrong.
0: Now you're getting some people who are excited about this. And if I get out and let's just say my first year street performing and, and I'm starting with, you know, I have, a, I have a fair amount of ability. What do you think I could make? If you have real work ethic,
1: I mean, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day, maybe you can make if if, if you if your magic is tight, you know. Um, and this is in the beginning we're talking about, you know. In the story. beginning, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you're not. I, I made a lot of money uh, early on in, in 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 my street performing career, but I was working in a restaurant three nights a week, so the magic was already tight. So I had to learn those other things. I had to learn, you know. Uh, uh, Hat pitches and, you know, stopping the audience and uh, come up with ways to to get people. It's really difficult to get the first group to stop and come to your table. So uh, so I was ahead of the game because I because I I was already a good, a decent magician, not a good magician, but a decent one.
0: But so now let's say I'm in year three or four. What what can I expect to make
1: for me? uh, You know, I'm I'm pretty funny and I'm a pretty good magician and I understand this stuff because I've done it so much. For me if i don't make if i if i'm at a in a city at a pitch and i can't make two thousand dollars a week i 'm not going to stay there for very long i 'm going to go someplace else where I can make real money I had a really really but i have a had a really really strict uh work ethic i I was serious about what I was doing i and I set goals for myself every day early on when I was going to new orleans i'd you know, I'd say, OK, I want to make three hundred dollars on Wednesday and three hundred dollars on Thursday and Friday. The tourists are coming in. So I don't, I don't want it 400 on Friday and 700 on Saturday and 500 on Sunday. I'd set a goal each day and then I would go and I would work until I achieved that goal. And there were very few times that I didn't achieve the goal because I had the work ethic I was going to go. I went out there at noon or I'd, I'd go get my spot at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. And I would start working when the tourists came out and hit the French quarter and I would work all day and I'd work into night. And if I didn't feel like i had hit my goal, I kept going, right? There were very few times that I walked away with my tail between my legs because I didn't achieve my goal.
0: Because street performing is a slightly different animal. There's also a danger aspect, yes? Because you got a lot of money on you out there and you're kind of by yourself. So tell me about the danger. Well, there is
1: danger. I mean, uh, I personally have never been robbed. I know people who have been robbed. Uh, you know, uh, people who live out there, or or people who are you know are criminals. They're, they're out on the streets and they they watch things. They're looking for money. And I love this pitch. I worked it a lot during the week. It was a beautiful night, and I'm I'm getting kind of tired. You know, so I thought I'd take a break and maybe maybe call it a night. I hadn't decided. And uh, behind where my table was, you know, 15 feet behind me, there was a, uh, a, a concrete block there. So I went back and I sat on the concrete block and some crazy guy came up from behi- behind me and reached around my neck, uh, uh, over my shoulders around and t- took his thumb and stuck it into my uh, neck and made that motion. I and mean, he was slicing my neck with a knife, even though it was his thumb. And then briskly walked away.
0: Okay, that would freak
1: me out. I freaked out, you know. So I jump up, I grab my money bag, I dra- grab my gym riser, two hundred fifty dollar chop cup, <laughs> and I'm shaking. I mean, it was, it was it was crazy, you know, what had just happened. What the hell was that? And uh, I wasn't. I stopped working. What happened is, just I, was, I was having nightmares every night. I, that night that this happened, I had a nightmare. I couldn't sleep and I woke up the next day and I felt terrible. And, you know, and I was freaked out and I, you know, and I didn't, you know, that could have been a knife and I could be dead and all those crazy thoughts going through my mind. And for three or four days I didn't go back to work and it was getting close to my time where I had to head back home and I, I didn't have enough money. So I realized that I had to go back to work. So what I did was, is, is I, I, I went to, into the French Quarter and I only had took uh, enough money to pay for the, the fruit that I need, maybe a sandwich and uh, a bottle of water to start my day. And uh, I knew that uh, thinking about it, I knew that I would be safe if I were doing a show. So what I did was, is when I was doing a show, I'd be safe after the show. If I wasn't, if I didn't start another show right away, I'd go into the. I went. I went into the restaurant that was right there, and I'd have a drink. And then when I'm ready to start another show, I'd go back out and I start another show. I knew I would be fairly safe doing that. Um, and when I was doing, so when I'm doing that day when I came back to work, I'm stand, standing out there and I'm doing show after show, and there's just guys sitting across the street on this park bench he sat there for like two or three hours, and he's he's watching me. But he really wasn't watching the show. He was watching what, what happened after the show. Where was the money going, right? And the money was going in this bag that I kept in my table savant. And I I finally, I'm watching him, I'm watching him, I'm watching him. And, and so I look at him, and he looks at me, and and, and then I notice he looks over to his right, my left. And over to my left, 30 or 40 feet behind me, sitting on a park bench, was another guy. And I looked at both of them, and I put my hands in the air and go, you know, like, okay, what's going on? You know, and uh, they both looked at each other, and they looked at me, and they both stood up. They walked across the street and met each other and walked away, and I never saw them again. What I realized was is that guy, the crazy guy who did the thumb in the neck thing was letting me know that I was in danger, that, there were, that they were watching me and that there were people out there who were going to try to get me because they knew that I was making more money and I had more cash on me than anybody else, uh, any other worker in the French Quarter because I was the most successful guy in, uh, that was working out there. And uh, so that's a, that was a freaky start. And I just, I knew uh, that I wasn't paying attention. That guy uh, made me aware that I, you know, I had become lax and, and uh, wasn't paying attention to my surroundings.
0: It's not all sunshine and jelly beans. It almost is all sunshine
1: and jelly beans. It, you know, leaving that job at Cornell was the best decision I've ever made in my life other than marrying my wife. You know, that, that she was my best decision, this was number two because I've lived this amazing life because I I had the courage to take that step. You know, I've, I've been all over the world. Like you, Christian, I've been to China. I toured China with, with shoot Gao and Leonard green and Miguel Puda, Henry Evans. I've, uh, in Rocco I I've, I've had so many wonderful opportunities because I had the courage to take that step and I had the courage to go out there and become good at my craft, you know, to become one of the guys who could really do this.
0: And, uh, no, it's been fantastic. Well, great, because I want to torture you with this next question. We are hosted on the Magic Oracle.club and at this moment, you're the magic oracle for all these people who are just even interested in street performing. For all the times you've been asked about street performing, what's the one question that they should be asking, but they never do? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they ask about how to stop an audience. They
1: ask about how to get the money. They ask about what kind of magic they should do, but they never ask about how to deal with failure because you're going to fail. It's not easy. magicians think that I'll just go work on the streets. Anybody can do that. I don't know. Oh, you can go out and work, but you're not, you're going to fail. You know, and and all of us do, the greats, Gazzo, you know, uh, Gary Animal, all the greats out there, Nick Nicholas, they all, we all fail. We all have shows that aren't successful. And early on, you have more of them them than, uh, you know, after you become a seasoned uh, street performer. But the, that failure thing is, you know, is, is how to deal with the heartbreak of an audience leaving, just disappearing. You know, you had to, you worked and you stopped, and hit 15 minutes into the show, and I was everybody's gone. You know, they just always you know, not not understanding that those people had something else to do, that they didn't plan on watching the show, and they just ran out of time, or you know, I mean, those things happened. It's the hardest thing for a street magician to do is to come back the next day after getting your ass kicked. That is the hardest thing to do, to deal with rejection.
0: And and I can feel that. I can feel that from here, having a bad show and knowing I got to get up tomorrow and try this again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you, You just go. But, you know, in my life, You know, I'll say this in my life, the greatest gift I've ever been given other than my wife and my family, is a little magic show that's taken me around the world that truly has been my greatest blessing. And it's always my hopes that when I uh, spend time with magicians or I lecture or I do an interview like I'm doing now that someone out there listens to it and is inspired enough to go out and give what I did a try and has the same kind of success that I've
0: had because I truly am the most blessed guy on the planet. I believe that. Cosmo, thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome, man. Thank you for listening to our magic business podcast. Please visit the magic where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts and enjoy a vast array of additional magical knowledge. Many people dream about becoming a professional magician, but a dream is not enough. A dream written down with a date, that becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps, that becomes a plan. And a plan backed by action becomes reality. As always, we at the Magic Oracle wish you continued success on your path in the magical arts.